Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people just like you. I am your host, John Katsavos, and today we have a remarkable guest joining us. Please welcome John Brewer Jr., an Army Special Forces veteran with over a decade of experience in defending life, family, and country. John understands the importance of self-reliance and has made it his mission to empower others, enabling them to live healthy and thriving lives. Today, we'll be delving into some captivating topics with John. From the perspective of a vet, an Army Special Forces veteran, we'll explore self-defense and personal development, uncovering the transferable skills that can transform your life We'll also dive into the journey of finding purpose and discuss John's upcoming book, Fight for Your Best Life, which promises to be an incredible resource. Are you ready to take your life to the next level? Then I have an exciting opportunity for you. Join the Fitness Oracle newsletter today and gain exclusive access to a range of incredible perks. As a, subscri as a subscriber, You'll be the first to know about our new episodes, getting early access before they're released to the public. But wait, there's more. As a subscriber, you'll also receive a personal one-on-one -on -one phone call with me where we'll discuss your fitness and lifestyle goals and how we can help you achieve them. Plus, you'll gain free access to our private community where we hold engaging community calls to discuss the episodes and how you're applying the lessons to your life. And that's not all. As a member of our exclusive community, you'll gain access to exciting programs that we're launching that are designed to support your journey towards health and wellness. So don't wait any longer. Join the Fitness Oracle newsletter today and embark on your transformative journey towards a healthier, happier you. Get ready for an incredible conversation with John Brewer Jr. and get ready to transform your life. John, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, I heard an episode with you recently, a couple of weeks ago, it was released with uh, a friend of mine, um, the Feminine Ninja. How was uh, uh, how was uh, that episode? Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, I enjoyed doing that interview because she's really good at uh, conversation and the back and forth. And she's also very passionate about, you know, the topics that she covers. So it's actually a very nice uh, interview to do. And also she had a little bit of background and, you know, some of the stuff that I was talking about. So it's easy to kind of have that uh, back and forth and, and things like that. So I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, very, yeah, it was it was a really good episode. I really enjoyed listening to it and uh, brought up right. a lot of uh, interesting extra talking points on my end, because uh, like I said in the in the intro, uh, you are an Army Special Forces veteran, uh, Green mm -hmm. Beret. So first and foremost, thank you for your service. Uh, no what problem. got you interested in joining the Army in the first place? Yeah, 
Um, well, that's kind of an interesting story just because growing up, I actually wasn't interested in grow, uh, joining the military. Uh, actually, I had a stigma about the military growing up and, you know, thinking that it was really just the last resort for people, you know, who couldn't get jobs in the normal, uh, you know, type of job market and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, maybe that was just based off, uh, you know, my ignorance. And then at the same time, which I still, I mean, for, uh, you know, certain portions of, of the military, I, I do think that they could probably do a little bit better when they come to recruiting and, and, uh, developing their personnel, but that's a kind of a different story. I mean, obviously all, all of us could do better, but at the same uh, point in time, when I got to a certain age around, uh, college, I knew that I wanted to do something more than than what I was going to school for, which was actually at the time personal training, uh, which is not a bad profession by any means. But at the same time, I knew that I wanted to do something that had a little bit more impact on the world rather than, you know, individuals, um, you know, at the time anyway. Obviously, I'm kind of diverting back to that uh, in a weird way, uh, kind of ironic, actually. But yeah, so what, what it ended up being as a personal trainer back at my... Uh, hometown Jim uh, told me about Green Berets because I actually had no idea what the Green Berets were. I mean, I knew that special operation units existed and things of that nature. But like I said, I was very ignorant to the military uh, and didn't really understand, you know, how as, you know, certain specialized units operate and things like that. But once I figured out what they did and how they operated, I was definitely very interested uh, right at the start and actually, at the time, I was also in the process with a police department. I was in their hiring process. And uh, just by, you know, circumstance and things of that nature, uh, I got pushed to sign with the military, which was obviously the probably one of the better uh, life decisions that I've ever had. And, and honestly, I do, I do believe in, obviously, I believe in the mission of what the military does. Uh, you know, it's it's a very uh, important mission set and uh, and it's very uh, important for people to fill those positions to be able to, uh, especially uh, if you're willing to do so. <clears throat> and so I, I decided to join the military. And from there, uh, I had uh, signed a x-ray contract, which is a, like, it's kind of like a contract that gives uh, people that are coming straight out of civilian life a chance to go to selection right out of basic training after after you read all, meet all the requirements. And then from there, once I got selected, I was uh, put into the Q qualification course, which is sh uh, then shortened to Q course. And then from there, started my career in special forces. And like I said, it's really developed me as a person, especially in, in, in who I am now, obviously. And, um, you know, it's, and I really do uh, value the, the lessons learned and the training that I received and and the life experiences that I gained because one, it's very unique. And then two, uh, it did help me kind of gain a perspective that I would never have gained otherwise. How did that translate into uh, 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 being, a, being a personal trainer and lead, leading a personal trainer as left? Because I know how hard it is as a personal trainer. It's not, it is a fulfilling, yeah. it's a fulfilling job, but it's a very yeah. financially draining job as well. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I actually never got into the personal training itself. I worked in gyms, especially at the recreational center at at the university that I was at, and I enjoy that. I, obviously, at the time, I enjoyed being in the gym. I enjoyed that culture. I still do, uh, but obviously, I don't work, you know, in the gym or anything like that. But at the same time, you know, it's funny because I, at heart, I am an introvert, 
And as a personal trainer, you really have to be an extrovert or at least, you know, be able to turn it on, you know, every single day and, and be engaged with your clients. And, you know, at the time I didn't really have that. I'm, I'm better at it now just because obviously uh, with life experiences, you, you grow a little bit more, but at the same time, obviously as an introvert, I get drained with, you know, kind of uh, interaction, social interaction. And I mean, it is what it is, but at the same time, I know that, um, you know, the personal training aspect of it, you know, like I said, not only have, do you have to be knowledgeable of, you know, the subject matter with building programs and really tailoring the fitness side to the individual client, but then also you got to be engaging, you got to be fun and, and, and stuff like that. So it's very, uh, so it's not just a surface level profession. It's, de it's, it's definitely uh, very deep. And then, like I said, I'm, I'm not, obviously I'm not jumping into personal training, but at the same time, coaching and mentorship, I am kind of uh, borrowing from, you know, the things I learned in college. And then obviously uh, what I learned in, in the military and, and adopting that to, to what I'm trying to do now. Very cool. Well, I'm smiling and I'm laughing inside because I'm an introvert as well. Yeah. And I don't, I know exactly oh. what you're talking about. It is um, at the end of the day, when you're finished with all your clients, I'm just dead. Like spiritually, I'm dead. Like there's yeah. nothing left in me. Like the drive home, yeah. I should be yeah. taking the highway home, but I take the city just to just reconnect mm -hmm. with myself because it is so, so, so draining. Yeah. How do you, how do you, oh, yeah. how do you recharge yourself when it comes to working with clients on a daily basis and getting yourself drained like that? I'm sure there's, there's been moments where you just said, you know what, screw this. I just want to get a nine to five job and just, just so now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, um, you know, when it comes, it, it's weird because I've, I've shifted since I've been out of active duty to where, uh, used to, you know, the gym time and even running and things like that would re kind of reset me. Cause I would put music in and, 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 and just go. And even like driving, uh, music was really my, uh, kind of shifting me from one emotion to the next, you know, or gearing me up to, for the next event. And, and I still love music, but the weird thing about it is, is I now do all that stuff silent to where I am just with my thoughts and I let my thoughts just kind of roam. And, and maybe it, I don't know. And, and like I said, I still listen to music from time to time, but if I'm in the gym or which I haven't ran in a long time, uh, not long distance anyway, and so I do think that for running, I would have to rely on music. But, you know, really what I'm getting at is that I think really I just decompress through my thoughts and I don't try to think on any particular subject. I just allow whatever comes up to come up and then I contemplate it for however long. And then normally that kind of goes away and then, you know, whatever else comes up is, is kind of what I tackle next. But it's really it just gives me a, a good understanding of where my my mind is at the time, and especially like if I'm stressed out. Uh, I stop almost everything that I do. And I'm like, why am I stressed out right now? Because a lot of times it's not easy to really pinpoint, you know, what is stressing you out? You just feel it. And you're like, man, like what is making me angry right now? Right now or what is make, making me anxious? And I really think about it and I kind of backtrack my day or my week. And I'm like, oh, that's what it is. And then I try to forget about it. And so that's kind of, you know, every day, you know, that if I'm having, you know, a day where I feel drained or anxious or whatever it might be, I just try to do either a, a, a reset where I allow my brain to think about whatever it wants to, or 
I really pinpoint what it is and then say, you know what, that's, that's not important right now. I'll just kind of move on, which obviously takes practice. And I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not saying I'm perfect at every, every single time, because there are things that do linger, but at the same time, you know, that's kind of how my strategy is right now. And that'll probably change in the future, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, touching up on the, uh, as, uh, being a army special forces vet, um, I'm sure you have been taught multiple different types of self-defense systems. And you and I both know I've been in martial arts my entire life. I haven't been, I haven't served. So I don't know. I can't speak to that, but I know in martial arts, they build up, they build up the self-confidence in yourself that is unmatched anywhere. And I'm sure that in being a, being a veteran in, in the, in the army, um, that that's amplified tenfold. How do you teach that to people? Uh, well, really, you know, the, the military as a whole, anyway, you know, they're not ever going to call it self-defense or anything like that. You know, obviously it's most of the time it's called, well, in the army it's called basic soldier task and things of that nature. But really what the military is good at doing is creating that, foundational mindset that you need to come to any crisis event or uh you know anything that's life-threatening because i don't think i don't think you'll be able to get anywhere else truly i mean unless you live through something and, and hopefully you don't but at the same time i really think the foundation of it is the mindset and really understanding that uh you know if you're going through something especially especially in the military especially training that, that, you know, isn't always fun and, and things like that. You just learn to deal with it. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, that can turn unhealthy, but at the same time, if you're doing it the right way, you can learn how to, you know, you don't overthink a situation or you also don't allow your emotions to uh, consume you in the situation and just allow to deal with it, you know, kind of emotionless in a way, uh, and which truly you're more amped than anything. Cause obviously you want to be amped in that particular moment. And so what you do is you kind of enjoy it just a, a teeny bit. Uh, now, obviously it's not always hundred percent enjoyment. You're like, man, I'm really tired or this, that, and other, but at the same time you find enjoyment and, and, and kind of suffering, so to speak. Uh, and, and that's, and that's really where that kind of, you know, camaraderie comes within the military is that everybody's suffering together. And so just that, you know, togetherness, then I don't know, it's a weird thing to where it brings a sense of uh, enjoyment, knowing that everybody is on the same page with you and everybody is going through the same stuff. And then that kind of, you know, what I realized is that when I was developing these, well, when I was writing my book and developing these self-defense concepts, that really the, uh, a lot of it is foundationally with your mindset. And a lot of people skip over that and they want to go straight into you know, the physical training aspect of it too, and, and things of that nature, which is obviously important. But I do think that the foundation of it is your mindset. And you really have to understand one, the implications of self-defense, because it is real life. We're not talking about movies. We're not talking about video games. We're talking about real life or death scenarios. And then two, you have to understand that one, you know, training that, that you, that you're doing for personal development for self-defense should be enjoyable in some form or fashion, uh, which a lot of it is. And then three, knowing that in that moment uh, when things are happening, no, you're not going to enjoy it like you would a game. Like if you're training for, 
you know, if you're practicing for a game and that's enjoyable, well, actually a lot of people don't enjoy practice, but when, you know, when you're playing that game, hopefully you're enjoying that game. And then, you know, when it comes to a real life uh, scenario, yes, you won't truly enjoy it, but uh, you won't be also the, the flip side of that is you won't be, uh, you know, you're prepared for it. And so you won't be anxious. You won't be afraid. You won't, uh, you know, you'll have, all the negative effects kind of go away and then you only focus on what needs to be done. So long story short, it is really the mindset uh, that people have to, to understand before they really, uh, you know, even if it's just a basic overview of it before they start really doing the physical training and, and things like that. <clears throat> there, there's a couple of things that you said there, and I wanted to touch up on a couple of things there. Uh, the one, the one main thing that I want to touch up on is the, the, the camaraderie that comes with uh, knowing that you're all suffering together. Um, I know this for a fact, not yeah. to the level that you've learned, but in martial arts and the Sistema, that, uh, the, the martial arts that I practice, which is Sistema, which is military-based martial arts, not um, mm -hmm. not 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 um, competitive, but like mm -hmm. this is like based off of like real life and death situations that from yeah. Russian specimens, this is a training that I had. And it's like, you, you really learn, you know, when you're doing that one push-up for, for 10 minutes, not how many push-ups you can do in 10 minutes, but you're doing just one in 10 minutes, you know, everybody's suffering together. And it, it brings this different level, like you said, of camaraderie. And it builds this tribe. And it, it this is the where I was trying to get to. How do you build that tribe for a person, let's say, who's um going for a business meeting trying to trying to get a company from one from one position to the next level uh i think foundationally it all comes with alignment you have to find the uh similarities you have to find the common purpose and then really align the the individuals within that group or you know several groups or whatever that meant you know whatever that is to a uh, to align with a, a specific purpose and and you know obviously that's where the military is good at because the purpose is is to protect you know the country uh you know and 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 uh from <clears throat> you know uh threats foreign and domestic and things of that nature but at the same time when it comes to even you know for businesses you know obviously the business itself has a has a purpose it has a mission it has a vision and everybody should align to that no matter what their skill set their job is you know obviously people have different jobs but it all goes to the same purpose and goal and so really i i do believe that that's you you really have to understand where just because people have different attributes, skill sets, personalities, things of that nature, and where all of that aligns uh, to meet that one purpose and that one goal, and then run from it there. Because as soon as everybody has that alignment, I think that makes a lot of uh, things a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's shift gears a little bit here and talk about a little bit about mm -hmm. personal development. Uh, personal development, yeah. I mean, it, Every year it keeps growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I'm curious, how does the army and the army training fall in line with personal development? I know it does. I know it does. And I know a lot of people mm -hmm. out there know it does, yeah. but I want to get your perspective on it and what your thoughts on it are. Yeah, I think <clears throat> there's definitely, you know, 
personal development. I mean, a lot of the personal development, obviously, in the military is going to be based off leadership and leadership development courses, leadership roles and things of that nature. And I think uh, really when it came to self-development for me, uh, it goes back to being put in those uh, you know, unique training events or personal experiences that you know, create uh, the, you know, that, that kind of, what's the word, facilitates personal development uh, within itself, not, not directly, but indirectly. And so what I mean by that is, uh, you know, one school I went to was Ranger School, which uh, is kind of notorious for being, you know, kind of a suck fest, so to speak. Uh, and, and so it's three months long is pretty much just as long as basic training. And so, and I ended up going when I was already uh, graduated from the Special Forces Qualification course. So I'd already went from, you know, going from one course and starting to get out of that, like, you know, being sweaty out in the woods all the time to more of a, you know, direct type of uh, training to where, uh, you know, you're not sucking all the time. There's periods of it, but not throughout the whole entire thing. So for me, it was a, an adjustment to get back into that type of training. Uh, but that's where, uh, and I tell people this all the time, is when I graduated from ranger school, the main thing I learned about was about myself. It's just getting back into that kind of uh, environment to where you, you're uncomfortable all the time. Uh, you barely were sleeping. You know, we barely ate and things of that nature. And just understanding who you are as a person. And I think truly that's where the so, um, personal development comes from. Uh, in the military is that you understand who you are as a person better by going through these, you know, these events that one, you wouldn't put yourself through, you know, voluntarily. I mean, it, it is voluntarily in the military, but, uh, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a push on the military side to put you through these. And then your ego kind of follows because you don't want to fell out of something uh, and, and have your reputation kind of tarnished. But <clears throat> at the same time, I think that's truly where it comes from is, is you just learn about yourself. And the more you learn about yourself, the better uh, you understand your strengths and weaknesses. And then you're able to either, you know, try to, uh, try to, uh, what's the word? You, you know, you try to uh, diminish those weaknesses either by development or maybe, you know, you mask them with strengths or, you know, whatever it might be. But I, I do think that's where uh, the military's uh, personal development is truly at is, you know, just going through these training events and finding out about yourself and who you really are. Is it tough? Is it tough to switch from uh, one training system to another? Uh, I know I asked this on another on a, for another uh, uh, podcast guest that I had, who's multiple black belt in different systems, and it's like mm. it, it almost seems like it's it's like you're you're you have this you have this skill set that you mastered, and all of a sudden, boom, you're white belt again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely, especially it's funny too, because, you know, you have a, there's a real ego boost when you graduate the the Q course and you have your special forces tab and you can wear the green beret and stuff like that. And, and it's funny, I, I was telling someone about it as I was graduating because I then was assigned to fifth special forces group in uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And I told him, I felt like I was graduating high school and then going to college to where, you know, at high school, you're like the big, you know, as a senior, you're, uh, you know, the big fish. And then when you graduate and then you go to college and you realize how small you are again. And that's how I felt at that time is that, you know, you really, yes, you do have 
the, the skills that you have acquired and, and whatever training you just went through. But you have to understand that, that there is always something out there that you're not going to be the best at or, uh, you know, that you're not quite there yet with and, 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 and have that kind of humbleness to it when it comes down to it, to where once you finish one thing and go to the next, it's not going to be the same, um, you know, you're no longer, you know, you start from the beginning. So you have to have that humbleness and be like, look, you know, I am the junior guy or whatever it might be. And I have to, you know, have the same mindset I had, you know, I had in the beginning to where I'm here to learn, I'm here to train. And then obviously once you graduate or complete the court uh, course, you can have that little congratulations pat on the back. And then it's probably on to the next thing. And then it's just a cycle of, humbleness and, and, and completing something. It, is humbleness one of, uh, what? Uh, it sounds like humbleness is one of those uh, transferable skills that you talk about. What other transferable skills uh, have you identified in your, in your past that you can take from uh, mastering one's, one aspect of life to this new next best thing? Yeah. Uh, most, uh, the main one is problem solving because, <clears throat> you know, everybody does it. It's not, uh, you know, it's not something that is the most innovative, uh, process in the world. Cause obviously it's been done since the beginning of time, but I do think that the military, the training events and the unique situations you get put into gives you a different perspective on problem solving. And then also, um, uh, you know, special forces is notorious for sometimes we have stuff that we need and sometimes we don't. And, and just having sometimes the limited resources we have to problem solve in a very unique way, especially when there is something that needs to be done, you know, somewhat immediately. Um, so I think just being resourceful, uh, that problem solving then transfers over to everyday life to where it doesn't matter what you're going through. You have that problem solving uh, capability and, and process and you can implement it anything. And then on top of that is really the stress management type of, uh, you know, uh, train, not training, but experience to where when you have gone through experiences that are truly life and death, your perspective on smaller inconveniences then changes and you truly look at it as a smaller inconvenience because you think in the back of your mind, well, at least I'm alive, breathing. I'm not hungry. I'm not tired. I'm not, you know, hurting all over uh, and and I'm not like on edge or anxious or anything like that. You truly look at small inconveniences at, for what they are. And, and that's very hard for people to understand if they haven't gone through certain experiences. Um, and I'm not saying that people should go out and, you know, kind of like, uh, I think it was the same storyline of like what Batman went through and where he wants to, you know, uh, denounce his, uh, you know, family lifestyle of rich and, you know, uh, being rich and, and kind of entitled. And, and he goes off and starts, you know, traveling the world and, and then starts training and he's living as like a, a scoundrel pretty much, you know, I don't, I don't think people should have to do that at all, but at the same time, you know, that is truly where that perspective piece comes from. And, and that's where the transferable skills all kind of trickle down to where it's problem solving, stress management, you know, all that type of stuff that then transfer into any aspect of life. And then obviously specifically uh, to self-defense and handling crisis uh, situations. It's interesting. It's uh, with problem solving. I want to stick on, on that a little bit because um, if you ask me personally, this society has gotten too soft. Mm -hmm. We yeah. get some, we got, we get some, we get some problem that comes into our life and all of a sudden, woe is me. 
and uh, the whole world is coming to an end, and that, that's it. It's it's game over for us. Mm-hmm. How do you help people identify and help them move past that? Because it seems like the that 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 the problems that we have are not as big as we make them to be, mm-hmm. and we have a tendency of, like I said earlier woe is me and how and and the whole world's coming to an end how do you help people like not fall into that trap well the first thing that i actually ask people was you know is this something that's going to still be around or still be on your mind five years from now or is it just going to be something that's on your mind five minutes uh from now because you know nor a lot of our you know inconveniences and troubles and things like that are only going to last a couple minutes, maybe a couple hours or a couple days, and they will not last your, you know, years past. Uh, actually, I just remember now my, my dad, when I would get hurt, he would always say, well, you know, that'll heal up before you get married. And and it's kind of the same, you know, mentality to where, you know, when we go through certain problems and certain inconveniences, they're not most 99% of them are not going to go past, you know, a week long, as long as you're not, you know, obviously putting yourself back in that situation and kind of, you know, uh, you know, put a little bit of self-suffering there, but, um, but yeah, th- th- that's pretty much what I ask people and, you know, just give them that perspective that yes, although now in the moment you feel as if your world is falling apart, truly as, at, you know, with everything time heals all, but mostly it's not time itself. It is obviously your mindset and the, the fact that you're saying, you know what, you know, that's not, uh, too important to me anymore and I'll, and I'll just move on. And for some people, it takes a little bit longer to understand. And, and for those, it's a little bit uh, quicker. But at the same time, it's just realizing that, um, you know, in your mind at that moment, yes, you are consuming your thoughts because of whatever emotion that is attached to it. But truly, life around you is still going on and, and it will continue to. And so it's just kind of your decision to, to realize that and then move past it. <clears throat> What about with bigger problems, problems that uh, may last longer than uh, may last longer than a week, but not as long as five years from now? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, a good example of that would be uh, my dad passed away right as I was graduating the Q course, actually, and uh, unexpectedly. Well, we were in the hospital when he passed away. So we were kind of at the time. I mean, obviously his age, he wasn't supposed to pass at the time he did, but, um, you know, there was certain stuff. I think he probably had cancer at the time, but what, what kind of got me through that, uh, experience was, um, because obviously when it happened and, you know, the weeks following my, my thoughts was consumed with that, uh, with his death, the, the moments leading up to it and, and everything like that. And it really truly wasn't. I didn't get any type of relief until I understood that it had happened to other people. And, and it wasn't like it took away the pain completely, but that was my first glimpse of a little bit of, you know, there is hope after this to where maybe my life will have some type of, uh, uh, you know, normal, um, you know, some type of going back to some equilibrium, I guess you could say to where, you know, once I understood that I wasn't the only person that has ever lost their father, because obviously every every person uh, that's ever lived or will live will will lose their dad uh, or their parents and things like that, and, and loss is inevitable. 
But at the same time, that little bit of perspective uh, kind of was what started getting me out of the hole that I was in. And then obviously it still took time. Uh, I, I had dreams about him for a whole year. And that's how I knew that because uh, every dream was the same. I would always see him. I would always, uh, you know, be surprised that he was alive. And then I couldn't speak. I could only cry and I could only hug him. And it was funny because it was always a different environment or he would say something different. But my reaction was always the same. I would always just see him be surprised, start crying and then hug him. And it wasn't until a year after that I stopped having those dreams that I realized that my brain had finally really adjusted to, you know, my new reality and really understood that, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, just accepted that he was gone. And it wasn't like uh, something that was still, you know, not, not like a question in the back of my mind, but something that, you know, obviously that, that my brain had caught up to the rest of what was going on. And so I think that's, you know, when we do actually deal with problems that are that significant, I think it's just a cycle of understanding where we're at and then just continue to find those kind of small wins, so to speak. They're not really wins, but I would say they're more they're more so just seeing the the light at the end of the tunnel. As long as we can still see that light and just realize that, yes, there are going to be relapses because there's are still it's been now uh, he passed away in 2014. Uh, so it's been quite some time. And so, but there is still now times or, or certain memories that might uh, come up that makes, you know, brings me down a little bit, but at the same time, uh, obviously not as much as it did back, back when it first happened. And, uh, you know, um, like I said, it's just uh, understanding that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that there are relapses, but it all kind of falls in a cycle and nothing is ever permanent. Nothing is ever going to stay the same and so as long as you keep being resilient and kind of pushing through it uh then you'll end up getting to a better space is it important for let's say is it important for men to be able to express their emotions when it when it does relapse like let's say like um but not live there for too long yeah absolutely i um <clears throat> i i used to be like when I was, it's, it's weird because I have times in my life where I'm either angry or there's been times in my life where I've been anxious or there's been times in my life where I've been stressed out and uh, to where, you know, have periods of that. And then I, and then, you know, I then transfer over something different. And then now I feel like I'm in a good space because I realize that what it, what it really comes down to is that if there is something that is either bothering you or you know, bringing you down or making you anxious or making you stressed out, it needs to be addressed in some, in some manner. And maybe that doesn't mean that you, you know, every minute of your day, you're addressing it, but it does mean that if it comes up and it shows its face, like right in your face, then address it enough to where then it goes back to, to where it was. And then you're able to perform, you know, normally and stuff like that. So, and I, and I talk a, a little bit about this in my book to where if an emotion comes up, I definitely don't try to ignore it. I do try to embrace uh, that emotion at the time. So if I do have a feeling of, you know, um, sadness or, uh, you know, something like that, because I'm remembering my dad, I don't try to shoo it off and say, no, I don't want to be uh, sad right now. I, I let myself embrace that moment. And then, um, you know, if, if I cry a little bit and I cry a little bit and then, a couple minutes later, then I wipe my tears off and then I continue on and, and really 
I do think that that's, that's where it comes down to. Cause I think a lot of times, you know, as men or, you know, whoever, uh, I mean, not saying that women don't go through this too, cause <clears throat> uh, they definitely do. But at the same time, there's times where we want to be tough and we want to act like that, you know, we can't show any emotion because it's weakness and, and, and it's, <laughs> it's not necessarily true. The weakness isn't an emotion. Uh, you know, weakness would be if we let our emotions turn it into an unhealthy manifestation or, you know, something like that to where, you know, we're not, not taking control, you know, taking back control of ourselves Once that emotion subsides, we, you know, we definitely want to meet it on head on. Uh, so truly, I, I do think that's where, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's most important is don't ignore your emotions. They're there for a reason, especially because it kind of gauges where you're at in, in life. And then, uh, but I also say, you know, don't try to hold on to it for too long because, you know, there are times where we kind of want to soak in our own sadness, so to speak, because there's also, you know, there's a little bit of comfort in that. You're like, oh, I'm sad. So, you know, I get to be sad and, you know, whatever it might be. And and that's in a weird way that's comforting. Uh, but you have to, you have to realize that, you know, just like any, uh, you know, mature person would, uh, nothing in, in life is permanent. So, uh, you know, we can't just sit there and that like, you know, we can just sit in our pajamas all day and and watch Netflix all day and, you know, either drink or whatever our uh, kind of self-medicine is, so to speak. And and we got to move on and, and, and you know, kind of pursue our life goals, which is truly what should be driving us. Yeah, that's cool. Um, it reminds me of a, a saying that I heard uh, was... I'm a Leafs fan Toronto, in Toronto, so when the Leafs were playing uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs this year, and they won, finally they got past the first right. round. Yeah. <laughs> Took them 19 years, but it was something right. that John, the 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 John Cooper, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, said. He goes, uh, "I don't let my players, I don't let my players live their their highs too high and their lows too low." So I really like that, like kind of staying in that middle. Like, yeah, you can feel your low, but not too. Don't go too low. Don't stay there for too yeah. long. Don't go too high when you're when you're up at their high, but and don't yeah. let stay there too 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 long. Stay in the stay in that middle. Um, yeah. Well, there's there's definitely some there's some truth in that because I do, you know, because uh, I mean I, I've never you know, I wouldn't know for sure because I've never really been uh, addicted to drugs or anything like that. But I do think that that's where a lot of depression comes from with people who get too high uh, and obviously bipolarism and stuff like that. You know, once you feel that euphoric feeling of, of you know, whatever you're going through, eat any dip, be, uh, you know, below that is kind of depressing because you're like, man, I just went through the best high of my life. You know, whether that's, you know, a healthy obsession of, you know, sports or anything like that, or if it's, you know, happens to be with drugs or, or alcohol, but that euphoric feeling uh, is very hard to come down from. And actually, I remember even, um, you know, I, I remember times in my college, you know, uh, career where, not career, but my when I was in college, and I remember just being like happy because I'm out having a good time with my friends and drinking. And then, you know, the hangover is a little worse the next day because nothing's going on and and you're just like back to normal life. And then you're actually dip a little lower than what I would have been if I was just not going out the night before. So it's that weird kind of relationship between, um, you know, you really don't uh, know how you know happy you are until you don't have whatever made you happy. And then it dips you a little lower than you probably would have gone before. So being in that nice, happy medium is definitely a, a nice place to be. Yeah. Um, 
there's another thing that I wanted to talk to you about, about uh, it's still with the same topic uh, that I heard mm-hmm. on the podcast with, uh, with uh, the Femininja podcast. Yeah. Um, you were talking about fear. And fear is a huge factor with a lot of people. It does weird things to people in their lives. Yeah. Most of the people out there that haven't experienced fear, um, it paralyzes them. It makes them stop doing what they're doing. How important do you see fear? Coming from a military special forces um, background, how important is fear in somebody's life? I'd say, I mean, very important, actually. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, fear as in like, because, <clears throat> you know, phobia is a little bit different and I'm not a uh, expert in phobias or anything like that. But I do think that fear itself um, is kind of another, what's the word? I'm trying to think of a, a, a nice metaphor for that. You know, fear is really just another obstacle to get over for that personal development. And, um uh, and so, and I don't know if I actually talked about this on her podcast. I think maybe I did. I, I do think that, you know, for certain individuals, it is good to kind of, you know, go past your your boundaries um, and your kind of comfort zone when it comes to certain fears and things like that. Now, obviously, like I said, there is some pretty severe phobias out there that, you know, cripple a person down to where they might have it you know, anxiety attacks or something like that. And so obviously that type of overcoming a fear would be a little bit more deliberate and, and, and methodical and probably taking smaller uh, steps. But at the same time, all of that is important to do to where, and the easiest one to uh, talk about is public speaking. So, you know, a lot of people, <clears throat> they get very, uh, they're very uh, fearful of public speaking and it, it, it almost like you know, uh, scares them to death to, to think about standing up in front of people and, and having a speech or whatever it might be. Uh, but, you know, having that pers- one going back to perspective, having that perspective of knowing that one, it's just a, it's just talking. And those people in front of you are just people just like you uh, and me and, and anybody else. And so I think, you know, that helps for uh, uh, overcoming fear is, is just having that perspective uh, of what that fear really is. And then being able to um, you know, get over it and uh, based off perspective and, and other things. But I think fear is 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 what drives us to uh, either one do better. Hopefully, uh, now obviously it can manifest just like anything else in an unhealthy way. But I do think that if you if you look at it from a, a perspective of self development and personal development, that fear is a good motivator for for getting you to higher places than you would have never reached before. Because uh, I definitely, that's one thing the military was very good at, was putting me in situations where I was uncomfortable. And like I said, I would have never put myself in those situations otherwise, you know, not voluntarily anyway. But being pushed kind of into it, uh, you know, thrown into the fire, so to speak, I was able to come out the other side uh, with a lot more, you know, uh, you know, I had learned a lot more about myself and then understood that I had reached uh, level of you know personal development that I wouldn't have reached otherwise. Do you think that? Do you think it's important to take time, um, just like a, like a pause in between putting yourself into the next fearful situation? Just oh to- yeah, yeah. No, I no, I definitely wouldn't uh, continuously put myself in that heightened state because one, you know, it kind of it's it's the same thing going back to the personal training aspect of it. You know, we want to put our body through stress and then we want it to recover. 
so in, in the, you know, physical, uh, you know, part of that is, you know, obviously when you do a workout with, with certain muscle groups, you want to rest those muscle groups for, you know, the amount of time needed to, to fully recover, to then go back in and, and stress them out again. So the same thing is the same with the mental aspect of it. You know, you don't ever want to be in a constant state of stress because your body doesn't do well with that. And once you start in the decline and you're still within that stressful state, you're just going to continue to decline. And then a lot of like stuff happens to your body, uh, obviously. Uh, and so that's why when it comes to you got to treat it just like you would any type of physical training. So your mental training is the same as physical training to where you want to stress your body and have a little bit of growth. And then you want to have a little bit of recovery time so that your body repairs itself. You're able to really reflect on, on that training event, so to speak. And then you, you hit it again next time. And then from there, it's kind of like a, a you know, a constant, uh, you know, plateau of not plateau, but a constant uh, stepping stones of, of reaching a higher level and a higher level and a higher level. But you do have to have that rest and recovery in between because without it, you're just going to continue to, to put yourself in a, a state of decay, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite books that I've read this year so far has been um, Hard Times Built, Hard Time, Hard Times Built Soft Men, or something like that. I can't remember the name of the mm -hmm. book. It was one of my it's it's one of my favorite books, and it, and it and it got me into really identifying this next segment that I want to talk about. It's finding your mm -hmm. purpose, yeah. and to me, finding your purpose is one of the two biggest pillars that I believe that makes a man a man. Mm -hmm. How do you help somebody identify their purpose? Yeah, so that that's actually that's a process to where it goes back to alignment. It goes back to uh, kind of understanding yourself uh, as you are right now, and then, like I said, aligning all that to what could be, you know, blatantly obvious, or, you know, maybe it's a little bit more subtle, uh, but it's more so just, um, it, it's a, it's kind of this, well, what's the word? It's kind of this uh, relationship between who you are and then what's out there and, and really like, what's that problem that's out there that really needs fixing. And for a lot of people that could be, and it doesn't always have to be, you know, a grand, you know, heroic type of uh, purpose, so to speak, you know, uh, for people who, like to build things or you know they're they're good with their hands uh you know blue collar professions that are that fix things repairmen things of that nature that is absolutely can be a purpose because obviously that does good as well you know people have these problems and and you know go through this type of stuff so like i said it doesn't have to be this grand purpose of you know of uh, movie proportions to where you have this heroic being who then overcomes adversity to to feel fulfill purpose it can be you know uh you know just something that you enjoy doing that ends up helping out others and and i do think that you know like i said it starts with understanding who you are as a person right now and then really uh and then finding you know what you're interested in your hobbies what you're good at what you're limited at and then kind of putting that all together and then uh you know really solidifying that life goal that you have uh, which is probably going to come from an interest, obviously, you know, it's just whatever you feel like you're interested in and gives you some type of enjoyment and happiness. And then just aligning everything that we found about you as a person and, and setting up the stepping stones to reach that, that, that potential. 
And, um, you know, it could be, uh, and that's, and really comes, you know, it's very similar to how we were as, um, you know, going from high school to college and, and, and that life transition of like, you know, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And, and for that, you know, everybody's looking for a profession, but actually with purpose, it's probably a little bit more than that. Cause it definitely doesn't have to be a profession either. It can be uh, a hobby. It could be a, uh, you know, a side job. It could be anything. Uh, but as long as it's some type of fulfilling uh, purpose that gives you satisfaction and also ideally helping out other people, uh, you know, that's really what it comes down to. Do you think the education system should shift from finding a quote-unquote job to identifying the person's purpose and aligning the courses accordingly to create better, more rounded yeah. individuals? Well, yeah, I think the education system in our society should be shifted to where we enable and empower children to find uh, their own path, so to speak. Now, that doesn't mean allow them to just go off and do whatever they want to because, you know, children need guidance. But at the same time, um, it's about understanding that there's more to life than just a nine to five job and, you know, the daily grind and things of that nature, which is important, but it's only important because you're creating a life that can sustain you and your family. And, and truly purpose, it can be the same thing but also it has, uh, and that's the thing too, your purpose might be to provide for your family and, and sustainability for your, yourself and your family. And that's fine too. Um, uh, and if that's your purpose, then we'll find every single way to, to get you there. But, you know, going back to the education system, I, I mean, I do think there should be a lot of revamping in that. I think the, but for the most part, I think, you know, especially about adolescence and things of that nature, and even in this process, Finding yourself is a journey and it doesn't need to look the same for everybody. It doesn't need to follow the same steps. And, it, and honestly, you know, it could be years before it actually all comes together. Cause I know for myself, you know, it's taken me quite a bit of time to get to the point where I'm at now to where I'm really uh, understanding, you know, my place in the world and, and where I fit in. Cause I was trying to fit myself, you know, we'll say, uh, you know, I was trying to fit myself into a, a round hole, so to speak, you know, pegging around a square peg in a round hole. And, and I realized that I wasn't getting there because, you know, whatever the reasons were. And so I decided to look at it from a different point of view. And then that's why I'm positioning myself where I'm at now, because I can still have an influence on what I wanted to do, but just in a different perspective. And that's truly where it comes down to is, um, you know, just knowing who we are, uh, knowing where we want to go and then just finding a way to get there. It's interesting that you said that because uh, I'm nearing the 50% mark in life. And um, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, I'm still trying to figure that out. It, it's almost like yeah. a, like a, like a lifelong journey. Um, oh, yeah. are, there, are there any steps, any, any tips, any tricks that you can, uh, not just help me, but help other men that are, you know, in that mid fifth or late forties, late forties, early fifties, still trying to figure out, you know, where do you fit in this whole grand scheme of this game that we call life? Yeah. I think the first portion of that is <clears throat> gaining perspective. So whether that's a uh, perspective of the world itself or maybe perspective of yourself, because 
um, you know, I talk about a little bit the book to where there's sometimes we don't completely have a good understanding of ourselves or, or the understanding that we have is a little distorted because we want to have this, you know, image, almost like a pic- picture perfect image of ourselves, sort of speak, especially when it comes to maybe our profession or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, but having that perspective of like truly understanding things a- as they are. Um, and like I said, when it came down to, uh, you know, my s- situation, I just didn't have the skill sets that that those particular or that uh, industry wanted uh, because my background's not really analytical. You know, I can do, uh, um, I definitely can do, you know, uh, you know, analytical work, but it wasn't specific to that subject matter. So obviously, you know, I had to adapt, and so that's the the second portion of it is is you know really being able to adapt to situations and and um, you know being able to not go through change but create change based off yourself and 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 what's actually there <clears throat> and so really it's more so I'm trying to figure out a, the um, a good way to to put it because really it's about it's problem solving so we'll go back to that it's problem solving it's understand that sometimes not every problem has a conventional solution and that sometimes you have to be unconventional in, in the solutions that you to apply to a problem because uh, you know the the grand example of things now is duct tape like duct tape can go on everything and and so you kind of have to, i wouldn't say that simplistic of a mindset but at the same time knowing that hey uh you know just doing it and start creating solutions to the problem and then working it out for there because it might not solve it right then and there it might be a continuous process and that's fine too because just like all the songs in the world that talk about it and and, uh, you know, kind of quotes, uh, you know, life isn't really about the destination. It is about the journey. And because, you know, once we're on our deathbed and we're there, we're like, all right, well, this was the journey. Sorry, this wasn't the, you know, this is the destination. I'm here on my deathbed. And then, you know, you, you know, that's not what it is. It's about the journey and the life you actually lived while getting there. And and, and I do think that the, the best way to do that, the best way to find your purpose is always uh, striving for that purpose and it will change. Uh, cause like I said, when I was in the military, my purpose was different. It was similar, but it's different to what it is now. Uh, and it's all in that realm. And so that's where that alignment piece comes in is because I have create, you know, I have taken what I learned in the military and what my purpose was there and then kind of shifted it to what it is now, which is more towards, uh, you know, helping people, you know, on, on their life journey and being able to protect themselves to where, you know, in the military, it was more so, you know, protecting, you know, doing stuff that would protect individuals without their kind of uh, involvement, so to speak. So I was kind of doing the work for them. And so now I'm kind of shifting. I'm like, hey, you know, I'll help you get there, but I definitely can't do the work for you because one, we're probably going to be remote and, you know, I'm not physically there. But two, I do think that everybody should take responsibility uh, for kind of their own their own life because I don't think that anybody should be dependent on, on anybody else and it's definitely about you know just getting those people there in a position where they can have that uh, um, independence and ability to take care of themselves. Your upcoming book and we you've touched up on this uh, quite a bit throughout the podcast mm-hmm. fight for your best life. Uh, you talk about all this stuff. Um, I want to know uh, one, when is it coming out? Because I want to read it. <laughs> and two, um, what are some of the biggest tips that you can give uh, the listener or the viewer 
to look out for when they're reading this book? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so the book, hopefully I'm, I'm going through production right now. And so we're actually doing a back and forth with the cover design. I'm hoping the book will be out by September at the latest. I don't, I don't want it to go anywhere past that, uh, but I'll definitely let you know when it comes out. Well, when I have a launch date for sure. And then when it comes to the book itself, <clears throat> uh, you know, cause, cause the title and, and the best summarizes the title itself is two meanings. So one fight for your life is, is the, that phrase that's in there. Uh, and that's the self-defense portion. So at, at its core, it is definitely a, a self-defense book, but also it is a self-development uh, book. So that's why Fight for Your Best Life is in there because it's really, it's it goes a little beyond the self-defense portion and then kind of gets a little bit deeper into the kind of personal development type. Uh, and, and really everything we talked about obviously is kind of involved in the book. So really that's how I would tell people uh, if they're going to read the book to look at it is, yes, you will learn tangible and, um, you know, real self-defense type of, of concepts, but you'll also learn a, a lot about yourself because if you're going through the exercises in the book, you'll start to understand yourself in, in a more intimate way, so to speak, and then be able to use that for your self-defense. And then beyond that, uh, be able to use that in your in your personal life or your professional life or or whatever that, that might be. But that's what I would say for people who want to read the book, you will learn self-defense uh, kind of concepts and but you'll also hopefully learn about yourself. And, and that's where that's why, you know, I titled the book the way that I did. Very cool. Very cool. I can't wait for it to come out. Can't wait to get my hands on it and start reading it. I yeah. love these books. Uh, <laughs> we're coming up close to the end of the show. And these are the 10 questions that I ask all my guests. Uh, mm -hmm. I just want to get your perspective on the uh, on these 10 topics. Okay. With the increase in people suffering from depression from the past three years that we've been living through, what would be the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? Uh, one, that you're not alone. Uh, you know, it's like I said, when getting out of kind of my slump that I was in when my father passed, knowing that other people had gone through it too, uh, kind of like, like I said, it was that little light that I was able to start to see. So really when it comes down to it, uh, yeah, you're not alone in that at all. There's other people that are fighting uh, just along with you. And then there's other people that can help you out that maybe are not going through that, but at the same time, they're definitely willing, willing to help you out in that, uh, that aspect. <clears throat> What's the one thing that you do daily that amplifies your ability to stay focused? Uh, really think about what's important in my life. Um, and, and right now it's my family. So any, any point in time, if I'm having a day to where I fell off or, you know, things aren't going quite right or whatever the situation might be, I, I immediately go back to what's important to me, which is my family. And then just kind of attach myself to that. And then from there, everything, uh, can, you know, everything builds off of that, you know, sort of speaks. So it's realigning myself back to, you know, what is important to me. Very cool. Um, if you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old, what will you tell yourself? Mm. <laughs> Don't take life too seriously. Yeah. I would say, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of places in our life that we have to be serious and we have to really, uh, you know, look at it uh, or, or, you know, take it seriously and, and, and kind of not do the right things, but definitely, uh, you know, confront it in the right way. But especially at 20 years old, 
yeah, I'd say don't take life too seriously. Just enjoy what you got going on. Looking back, would you change anything? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, when I was, like I said, when I was in high school and college, I think I would have not as cared much about, you know, going outside the the boundaries of, you know, societal norms and things like that. Uh, I do think, um, you know, I wasn't a goody two shoes by any means, but at the same time, I, I did try to not, I try to follow the rules as best I could. So yeah, if I could go back in time, I definitely would be a little bit more of a, a rule breaker, so to speak. What's more important to a man, his word or his purpose? Hmm. I'd say, I mean, I would say his word for, you mean like his word as in like honesty or are you saying a word as in? Uh, his word as in, as in uh, I tell you I'm going to do something and I go do it. And if I don't do yeah. it, then I don't keep my word. Yeah, no, no, I'd say, I'd say honesty is, is, is big uh, just because that, that is, if I can't trust you and uh, you know, in any capacity, then I'm just doubting anything that you ever do. So really it comes down to, uh, you know, if I can trust you and anything you say to me, I can believe it. And I think that's the foundation to any relationship, anything going forward. So I definitely do think that honesty is, is key when it comes to a lot of stuff. What scares you? Hmm. Uh, I guess the biggest thing that's, uh, I would say overall, uh, you know, kind of not regret, but that that feeling of regret you get when you don't have the ability to then take action on a particular situation. So with that being said, I would say that, you know, what fears me is is being in a, a, a situation and not acting on it and then obviously regretting it later. Uh, so I'd say regret is probably one of my biggest fears. Uh, where do you see fight for your best life in the next five years? Hopefully, uh, I mean, other than on the shelves of people's bookshelves, uh, I'd say, you know, hopefully there is more of a, a following of, um, of individuals who, who do want to better their life. And not only that, but society as a whole, because this is truly like we were going back with purpose. This is truly uh, the reason behind it is that we're not just doing better for ourselves, but we're also doing better for the others around us. And I think that's that's really what I want the book to do is just, you know, it's not going to fix everything, obviously, but hopefully there's a pocket of society that I'm I'm making a little bit better. How about you personally? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Uh, hopefully spending as much time as I can with my family. I mean, I got uh, she's almost two right now and one on the way, and I'm sure we're going to have another and I just want to have the ability to enjoy the time when they're growing up because I know, uh, you know, there's going to be a time when they want to, you know, fly, fly the, le uh, the nest and, and kind of live their own life. So I, I just want to kind of enjoy what I have uh, when I have it. Where can people find more about you? Uh, yeah. So my uh, website, well, mindshield, mindshieldandspear.com is where you're going to find a lot of the stuff about, you know, uh, what's developing with the, the business itself. But also I do have a link to my LinkedIn page. Uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be doing stuff up there. Um, and then also I do have a Facebook page for, for the book itself. And hopefully that turns into a community of people sharing best practices and stuff. Cause I want to be hands off with the Facebook page and really allow the community to kind of support each other. 
Um, so I'd say those are the best three spots to to kind of figure out what's coming next. Cool. And we will post the links to all uh, all those all those three areas that you said, so people can have easy access to you and your content. Oh, thank you. Of course. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I would just say, you know, uh, you know, I do, I do believe that we, we have this life for a reason. And so uh, it doesn't matter what that reason is or, or what that purpose is, no matter how big it seems or how small, uh, just kind of, you know, every day should be an opportunity to pursue something. So I'd say, uh, you know, pursue what you can and then, you know, kind of leave it out on the field, so to speak, uh, you know, give it your, your best shot. John. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I can't wait to I can't wait for your book, Fight for Your Best Life, to come come out on at least Amazon so I can order it and start yeah. reading it. Um, I, I love uh, I'm hoping that you have some of your uh, military stories in there because I love reading about mil military yeah. stories. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's always great to have a, a, a vet come onto the show and uh, share your perspective on life and how to move forward in life, because it's a very uh, unique aspect and very unique way of looking um, at life. Uh, yeah. Not most of us, we don't see the, the life threatening, you know, bad guy on the other side that uh, has a gun pointed to us. And we, we think we do, but we have no idea what it's, what that's all about. So to have your yeah. perspective is, is is really deep. So thank you for that. And thank you for your service again. I, I really oh, do. No problem. I really yeah, do no problem. appreciate that. Yeah. And well, yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to, you know, kind of talk about those experiences. And and like I said, I'm, you know, there are there are far greater people that have had better experiences than I have and, and more extravagant stories. But at the same time, I do believe that there is uh, you know, that commonality of, of military experience and, you know, just a unique perspective on, on the topic. Yeah. Going through hard times is just a test. What you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you may be in this crazy world. Hey guys, John from Resilient Reboot Productions and the Fitness Oracle. I just wanted to thank you for watching this episode, and I really do hope that you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to subscribe, hit that bell, and share this episode if you are watching this on YouTube or on Rumble. If you are listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker FM, or whatever streaming service that you may be using, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review as it will help us reach out to more people that are suffering from mental health issues. Now, if you haven't done so already, um, I am offering access to a free weekly newsletter that we send out every Sunday and it would and it's jam-packed with podcasting tips and health and wellness tips to keep you balanced um, in the podcasting and content creating space. So if you haven't done so already, sign up to this free newsletter. It's uh, it's totally free. And it also gives you access to the, uh, the Fitness Oracle private community in Mighty Networks, where we talk about this episode. We talk about how to implement, how you have implemented these uh, lessons that you've picked up in your life and how it's impacted your life. And we are working on a lot of great other um, um, 
programs and and uh, support systems for you guys to be able to uh, to access. So if you haven't done so already, sign up to the newsletter and uh, I'll see you guys on the inside.